You sure the steady means recording? No. <laughs> I would assume that the flashing meant recording, but the time the, 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 <laughs> the time clock's going up. It's flashing. It was flashing. It's not now. But the time clock is going up. Okay. So let's do an intro for the people that have not listened to us in like almost three, four weeks. Jesus Christ. Because, yeah, because we're not doing anything to really grow our audience. This is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. Oh, my. Check out what these desperate motherfuckers are up to this week. Welcome, Desperados, to Desperate Mothers Podcast. I'm CJ Watson. And I'm Jack Fisher. And that's all you get this week. (laughs) How can you say that? They have content. They have content? Our our beloved fans. Our fans have content on the YouTube channel. Yes. We have a video, as promised many years ago. (laughs) CJ has actually followed through on one of his threats. We have that blender guy. Man, a, a satirically and poorly performed version of any blend tech will it blend video. I, actually, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of credit. I I laughed out loud watching the video. Well, Sarah says uh, a lot of people laughed out loud because cause they know me, and it's hilarious to watch me do that. If you don't know me and you thought it was funny, please comment in this in the comment section of this or the YouTube channel because um, I'm not sure it was really funny. So what do you call it? Is it the Elf on the Shelf murder video? Well, Elf, it's an Elf on the Shelf murder. That's what happened, but I call it Elf on the Shelf in the Blender. Elf in the Blender? Elf in the Blender. That Blender guy, the Elf on the Shelf edition. Okay. So you're you're relatively certain that's what you titled the video? No. Okay. (laughs) But the the cool thing is, if you go to the Desperate Mothers channel on YouTube and you punch up the latest video, that's going to be the latest video. And our channel name is The Desperate Mothers on YouTube. So you go youtube.com slash The Desperate Mothers, you're going to find us. Okay. I hate that I had to put the in there. Apparently, somebody's like squatting desperate mothers. <laughs> That's like, you know, a, well, a stripper channel. Yeah, there's actually, there may be a, a little double entendre there squatting desperate mothers. Squatting. Uh, <laughs> oh. It's just things I didn't even think about when I named the channel and the group, the podcast. It's like when we were kamikaze and, and we had the banner. Desperate Mothers. I was like, explain the name to me. So many people came up to us. Like, in a huff, they were irate. They thought we were going to, like, be, I don't know, be smirch single mothers. Why are you desperate mothers? <laughs> it's like, because we can't say desperate motherfuckers. So we just shorten it. We're not making fun of mothers anywhere. We love mothers. <laughs> So the YouTube channel has uh, That Blender Guy, which I have the theme song. I think I've played it on the podcast before, the That Blender Guy theme song. I don't recall, but 
the theme song was a little bit of brilliance also. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's funny, you know, I, I talk a lot, so I don't know if a lot of things I say, if everything I say is brilliant, or if I just talk so much I occasionally stumble, stumble upon that little golden nugget, right? Most likely number two. Number two. Yeah. yeah, most of the stuff that comes out of my mouth is number two. <laughs> but I just had the idea and that's that, where it comes from. Yeah, it, I just had the idea that, okay, so you're going to do a theme song and you want to do something like inspired by the 80s. So I found this wonderful 80s era type musician willing to like write and sing theme songs so i said oh okay i gotta do something i do something that feels like somewhat a cross between silver spoons and who's the boss so um, i like sent him the the music from silver spoons and who's the boss and i sent him the lyrics for that blender guy and said this is what i'm thinking can you do it and he's like ah this is freaking great and he like stopped whatever he was doing to like deliver to me in like a couple of days because he really loved it so that's the theme song you got. And I'm like, that's badass. That just fits perfectly. <laughs> that was uh, money well invested. And when we do a few more episodes, I'm going to cut pieces of those episodes so I can do a right proper montage from the beginning, just like any theme song, any sitcom theme song gets, right? Now, it's, now it's, are you crediting this guy in your video? He, he, did you see the, the credit scroll? There's a difference between seeing it and reading it. Did I see the credit scroll? Yes. Did yeah. I read it? No. Okay, so here's the deal with the Desperate Mothers. I do practically everything. <laughs> That's why maybe everything's not done so well. It's called inability to uh, release control. Okay, but at the same time... When I have a time to like make a video, I gotta get somebody to do lights. I gotta get somebody to do the camera. I gotta get somebody to do the sound. I gotta get somebody to act or whatever. So uh, most of the time, I have to do all of it, right? So the credits were all fake because <laughs> if you say sound, CJ, lights, CJ, first base, CJ. Well, it's a tactic used in a lot of smaller productions is to give their staff multiple aliases when in college when i was on uh the community college newspaper and i was the editor of the paper and i needed to write a whole bunch of stories and it turns out you look through eight twelve sixteen pages of a weekly college newspaper and if every story is written by me you're like geez what the fuck's going on with that <laughs> that paper so you relinquish credit a lot of times for like filler stories and I'm making the quotation thing for filler stories um, quotation fingers air quotes air quotes thank you and a lot of times if there are filler stories I would just buy, do by newspaper staff by you know the name of the crusader staff or whatever the name was by staff even doing that by the time I left like the the college, I had the most inches of any writer in the history of the school. <laughs> and I didn't even get credit for everything that I ever wrote. <laughs> so it was like C.J. Watson, editor-in-chief, C.J. Watson did the story, C.J. Watson did this, C. 
Crusader Staff, Crusader Staff, Crusader Staff. If it said Crusader Staff, chances are it was me also. And that's the last time you heard anybody credit you for the most inches. Yeah, when you think about it, it's totally true. I've never had the most inches ever since. So, for that Blender guy on the credit scroll, like sound by some fictional company I made up, lights by some fictional company I made up, that Blender guy as himself. I don't think I credited myself at all. I might have credited myself. Who cares? But, theme song, music, and performed by Jay Stevens. He's brilliant. So if you're out looking for 80s-style rock music for whatever you need, go to Fiverr or hit Jay Stevens up directly. And if you need his direct contact information, hit me up at cj at any of the domains, Desperate Mothers, The Bunny Rabbit Tragedies, TBRT, or uh, CJ Watson on Twitter. You can I'm, DM me on I'm there. I'm guessing he can handle more than just the 80s vibe. Well, he's super talented, but that's his. that was his stick. That's what drew me to him. Okay. So he, he's making a good living on Fiverr off the, the 80s rock stuff. Sweet. It's like Tony Danza, but <laughs> rockier. <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I, like, I want to have him do a couple other things. I also want to have other people do that blender guy theme song just like we've had other people do intros for uh the desperate mothers podcast so to uh kind of try to bait and hook some people into watching the video um youtube.com slash the desperate mothers you're going to get our latest videos you could you could search for that blender guy, and we almost come up on the first page. Give it a a two sentence hook without giving away the punchline, which we kind of already did. <laughs> I know because we know what you did. Okay, so that blender guy blends whatever you want him to blend. And if you're sick and tired of Christmas and you are tired of moving Elf on the Shelf and your kids are screaming and crying about, oh, Daddy, don't touch Elf on the Shelf, don't screw that. Not only touch him, but put his ass in the blender and blend him up. So you made the twisted dreams of uh, exhausted parents come to life. I hope so. I really do. Well... Uh, personally, the one word that I would use to describe the video is visceral. Visceral. I, I showed it to a, a couple other people, a couple other people ha- that have worked professionally in the video creation business, <laughs> and they thought it was hilarious. They thought, yeah, my acting, my performance could lose, lose a little bit of help, but they love that Blender Guy character. Like, there's some things that, like, they say, you need to do more of this. Your editing could be a little tighter. Your scripting, your writing could be a little better, but they love that character. It it had the whole package. You had the costume. You had, uh, I don't think you had any makeup on, but no. you had this bewildered look on your face. 
that just went along. One of the guys I showed you called like this crazed kind of glee. <laughs> so, so a lot of people like the character. Yeah, now we just need to get a few thousand hits on it. Right. Like I got a vlog where I do my vlog about my personal stuff. And and that's very different. You know, the vlog way to the personal stuff is even more laid back than what we're getting right now. Because right now I'm talking to the microphone in an effort to keep people sort of interested. And my vlog has been critically called low key, you know, low energy. And like, well, my blog's my personal thing. And the blog's what I'm sharing with people about what I'm going through or what I'm working on, what I'm doing, you know. But this, this is the stuff that I love, the stuff that we're working on, the stuff that gets us excited so or distracted, you know. Well, and you're not necessarily doing your your personal vlog to generate traffic or hits you're you're legitimately trying to communicate with other people that are going through the same things that you are right my personal vlog might be people who are dealing with weight loss struggles weight loss surgery struggles maybe anxiety things you know whatever it's it's a day-to-day thing my my personal vlog is about things that aren't trying to entertain anybody, you know, just trying to connect with people. You know, if, if I can like, I say it on the vlog all the time, if I can touch one or two people, if I can help one or two people, let them know they're not alone. There's other people out there like you, then that's all I care about. And, um, I, I've, I've responded. I've, I've, corresponded with more than one or two people so i know it works if it if if 14 20 30 people is all i get that's fine you've accomplished your goal and you've reached out to some people that hopefully you can uh, help them through similar experiences right and if and if i can like Point them to my stupid videos with the desperate mothers, <laughs> with that blender guy, with ultimately Jiggly Wiggly. Great. You know, the next up, though, on that blender guy schedule is a porg. <laughs> Ooh, so many people would be looking forward to that. I hope so. You know, a lot of people. Okay, so I had a hate on for the, I had a mad hate on for the porg when I first saw them. I thought, Oh my God, these are going to be the new Ewoks and potentially the new Gungans, the new Jar Jar Binks. I think they're definitely the new Ewoks. They are the new Ewoks in that they're cutesy. They're probably more acceptable than the Ewoks because they're not oh, right. it, impacting least, the story. Right. They didn't turn the tide of battle in right, right. A, Storm a critical Trooper, moment. Stormtroopers did not fight porks. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no stormtrooper porg uh ptlsd <laughs> that's what we're saying all the time <laughs> that if you served on indoor you had ewok ptsd so so right now no one's getting no one's getting porg ptsd no one's getting porg tsd 
It's Porg traumatic stress syndrome. Porg TSD, yeah. Sure. Yeah, unlike Ewoks. Because there's a fuckload of stormtroopers that, that, well, we've talked about it before. I'm not going to rehash this too much, but if you served on Andor, teddy bears, fluffy, cuddly things, and, and green forestry are all traumatic to you. Logs. Logs as well. Yeah, that, that shit fucked up your day. Dude, how many stormtroopers died to logs? Logs rolling under your your ATST walker. Logs crush, crushing your ATST walker. Endor. Endor is fucking Vietnam for fucking stormtroopers. <laughs> and the Ewoks were fluffy Viet Cong. VC. Wait. <laughs> Wicked. How can how can we make how can we equate wicket to VC wicket wicket whatever <laughs> WC Okay, well, we're excited for the blender guy. Um, we need the pork blending. Pork's coming next. Uh, My Little Pony after that, and I've got a couple other things on that blender guy. Um, I've got. A six-episode run of that Blender Guy. Okay. Planned out. You know, the Blender Guy, he's pretty funny. (laughs) That poor the Blender Guy. He originally envisioned a channel where he was blending things for the betterment of mankind. You know, soups, smoothies, green drinks, that kind of thing. But per his request, all he gets to blend is toys. (laughs) So it kind of reminds me of the predicament of Dr. Horrible. I love he, Dr. Horrible. He's trying to find a way to make the world a better place, and he just keeps getting led to evil. He applied to the evil, the, the League of Evil. It wasn't his first choice, though. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't get into the Ivy League, so I joined the Nazi party. Yeah, yeah. He had no choice. Just like the blender guy, you know, he wanted to use his blender for the good of mankind, but but everybody wants him to blend evil (laughs) (laughs) to mix up evil. Yeah, that's just it. Um, I had an idea where, and you're only going to hear this on the podcast. This is never going to happen. (laughs) So this is why you subscribe to the podcast. This is why you listen to the podcast. So I wanted to take. The Porg toy, and open it up with a, with a seam ripper, and take all the stuffing out. And since it's a Porg, it's Porg is a bird, right? I'm sure. I'm going to fill the Porg toy up with all the organs of an actual bird. Chicken entrails, <laughs> exactly. Chicken entrails or whatever. So you got chicken livers and all the fun chicken stuff, and then sew it up. Nice and tight, so it looks like a pork again. Drop it in the blender, and then when the blender hits it, it's going to explode with all this bloody entrail goodness. Nobody thinks this is a good idea. And I am not going to argue against everybody that I ever talked to. So, who is nobody? Um, All the mothers say it's crazy. I don't think I've actually said it was crazy. Um... I think it's worth shooting. Okay. I'm not necessarily saying it's worth 
putting up. I think it's worth shooting. Right, because we deciding we can, whether we it can, has what you're looking for. We can go to the butcher shop. We can get all of the internal animal organs. We can stuff them in a toy. <laughs> and then we can film it and see how it comes out. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, I don't know. It sounds like a loaded question. Anytime you ask me what could possibly go wrong, I'm like, I could think of so many things. Are, are those wrong? Are the things that I'm thinking of wrong? So, yeah, I th- I actually think it's worth shooting because it's cheap. And True. who knows? Once you see the video, you could decide, oh, my God, everybody was right. Or you could decide, holy shit, this is gold. Actually, And the only thing it costs you is a few bucks in organ meats. And the stuffed pork. Yeah, the sad thing is the stuffed pork is way more expensive than the organ meats. Poor chickens. But yeah, actually that video would probably be really funny if we like edited it so that right before I press blend, if it's horrible, we just cut it black out. <laughs> and then we go to an explanation like, oh, this came out way worse than we thought it was going to be. Well, you're not actually going to tell your your viewers ahead of time that you put organ meat inside. Well, I mean, other than this podcast. Right. You're In the video, you're not going to lead up with, I stuffed this pork with organ meat. Well, It's going to be, here, watch me as I blend this fluffy pork toy. Well, this podcast gives away everything. Well, fortunately, no one listens to it. <laughs> we have dozens of downloads. <laughs> Oh, I was talking to I was talking to a couple of my um YouTube and video mentors and they're saying CJ, you've got a lot of like entertainment contacts. Get them on your podcast. People will watch your podcast if they recognize a name that's not you. And how's that working? I haven't done it. I don't want to milk the people that <laughs> That's what show business is. It's networking. It's taking advantage of your friend without him feeling like he's been violated. Yeah, well, uh, then I have to buy him a lot of alcohol. (laughs) We're not trying to Harvey Weinstein anybody. We're just trying to get them to prop us up. (laughs) That's totally right. I, I, I I need to inject some, like, actual recognizable names into our podcast and descriptions. So... I'm going to have to bite the bullet and do that. You know, like, like I hobnob with people way more interesting than I am. Sure. And, you know, um, I'm fairly certain that if you are willing to travel to them, and since we have a nice, gorgeous, brand new, portable, multi-channel rig. Truth. You don't even have to ask them to come up here to your... Uh, your murder room up here in the Antelope Valley. <laughs> I can actually go get interesting people in their own interesting houses. Yes. You can take the show on the road. You can make it something that they schedule 
30 minutes out of their day, 60 minutes out of their day, for you to come and ask them some questions. It doesn't have to be an entire episode. It does not. You can say, today on the podcast, we have special guest star. But I guarantee you, if I buy them the, just the right whiskey, it's going to be like <laughs> three episodes worth of fun. Absolutely. So, today on this episode, special guest star, um, Will Wheaton. I don't and, know if I can get him, but I, well, I'm you know we'll get close. I'm dreaming high. I, I'm I'm okay. Well, if I'm going to dream high, special guest star Felicia Day, and you take a thirty she, minute. She's episode. more doable than Will Wheaton. <laughs> so you take a thirty minute interview, and you know you cut it up into uh, ten minute clips, and you interject your typical ram rambling stream of consciousness that you call your podcast and you <laughs> you build an interesting 60 minute podcast out of it oh you're so, so intent on building like a 60 minute show well actually i'm more intent on building a less than 60 minute show 45 minute maybe 30 minute 45 30 I, I think that is the ideal length for a podcast so you know who the so as far as i'm concerned the the two top masters of like Silly, impromptu, or, or interviewee podcasts. Interviewee podcasts. The masters of them. It's like Joel Rogan and Mark Marin. Yeah. And what makes you think their podcasts are the such no, an exemplar? Their download numbers. Okay. Well, that's definitely <laughs> they, they're a like significant measure. The top of the top. They're the best of the best. And they come at it. So what from you're the saying is people side. listen to them. Yes, the, their right. downloads are sick, millions. I mean, Mark Maron had Obama, and Joe Rogan is—he's actually the best, most downloaded podcaster out there. Okay, so that's that's a high benchmark. Yeah, we, you, you go for that. So that it's called failing upwards. Yes. Failing forward, failing upwards. Yeah. So I want to do more improv stuff, but if I'm the only one doing improv, and, and remember I recommended improv books to people? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I got crickets from almost everybody. I've read the first chapter. <laughs> Right, and and I gave Sammy a book. I I bought her the book, right? And and you know what everybody else said? Crickets. <laughs> they said crickets. I'm gonna play crickets right here. I gotta get the like the crickets sound. They said. So that's the part where I'm gonna play crickets. Okay. Ray called me yesterday. He's like, okay, Tom Petty's dead. Dolores O'Riordan died. We never know when these fuckers are gonna die. He's like, we need to see Ingve. So what's it going to cost? Like, we decided we weren't going to see Ingve. He's like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I don't care when you see Ingve. I'm like, okay, but I'm not going to the fucking canyon club. I'm going to set some bullshit, like $80 plus fees plus a dinner or whatever. So apparently the Saban but- in Beverly Hills has not sold out. So yesterday we bought two tickets to the Saban in Beverly Hills so we can see Ingve on Saturday. Okay. At nine o'clock in Beverly Hills, fifty-two dollars each, and that includes seats. 
Yeah. No no dinner. It's just a, a music club. Yeah. And but is it going to have people standing in front of Ray? I don't know. At that point, he's like, we just need to go and see. Now, I do expect Ingvi to be around for a couple of years. He's you're, not that much older than us. Okay, so you remember he's been a little bit chunkier at some times, and he had that shotgun incident, right? I don't remember a shotgun incident. Oh, he held his significant other at shotgun point until the police came in at one point because of his drug stuff. Okay, well, yeah, that sounds like most rock stars. Right, so that doesn't mean that you are going to be long for this world. I mean, at some point, you're going to make a mistake. At that point, he was lucky that that wasn't his last mistake. Yeah, it could have been suicide by cop. Yeah, or suicide by stupidity. You know, anytime you're like a high messing with a shotgun, the chances of you shooting yourself are probably pretty high. So Okay, there's not a significantly higher chance of him killing himself than any other similarly aged um, showbiz figure. Alcohol or drug abuser. Right, showbiz figure. We say we're pounding out down beers. (laughs) (laughs) I am complete control of my beer intake. Okay. So he's like, let's just buy a couple tickets so we make sure we see him now. I'm like, okay, but we just told everybody we're not going to buy tickets. I don't care. We're going to go see him. It's post-holidays. I'm recovering from significant expenditures. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, if I spent that much. Last time I spent that much on a concert, I didn't even go to it. It was Adele. It, you know, it wasn't really a concert. It was, it was a show. It was a performance. And definitely some high-class acts there. So how close did they get to your face? Uh, I was 15 feet from the stage. That's a good amount. Like, we just went to the Harry Potter burlesque show. At the Fade Dodo. Harry po- Cherry Potter. Cherry Potter, yeah. Cherry let's Potter. Let's not infringe on any copyrights. At, at the Fade Dodo. Yeah. Right? Um, the uh, Let's get the name of this correct because... Well, the uh, the production company is uh, Peep Show Menagerie. The Peep um, Show Menagerie. Co-producer, Chris Beyond. Um, Chris? Chris Beyond, yeah. Beyond. Uh, Beyond, yeah. Not like, Crispy. <laughs> on <laughs> uh, Crispy would be a really good name <laughs> Okay, so Chris uh, Think about shortening your name just to Crispy <laughs> Crispy um, So You think he listens, I don't think he listens I, th- I think you just You are such an imposing personality When he first met you, he just remembered you uh, Peep Show Menagerie uh, For those of you that may not have listened to the uh, 80 or 90 other episodes of this podcast. Um, <laughs> we we talk about burlesque shows quite a bit. Almost as much as we talk about Marvel and Star Wars. Well, coincidentally, um, Peepshoe Menagerie is uh, producing the Marvels of Burlesque. And if you actually manage to get this up on uh, your uh, podcast channels before February 2nd, we could consider this a plug for the show. What's today's date? So... 
Peep Show Menagerie. Like they do monthly burlesque shows in Los Angeles. That is badass. Um, in Los Angeles City proper, right? Yes, uh, at uh, Club Fedodo, um, which is in... Uh, yeah, down, sometime, somewhere downtown Los Angeles. It's Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, Face doo-doo. <laughs> Faye dodo. Um, Chris was saying, <laughs> <laughs> right? Was it Chris or was it Cherry was saying that the the um, navigation called it face doo-doo? <laughs> yeah, I think that was the magician at the start of the show. Uh, oh, who right. actually happened to be uh, 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 Bumbledore also. Oh, that's right. He also promised us a entry into the Magic Castle. Yeah, but we didn't. Uh, we take need to him put magic afterwards. We need to put Magic Castle in the Shirtlands podcast so that we can get Magic Castle people <laughs> interested in <laughs> listening to our show. So uh, a couple of weeks weekends ago, we went to the. It was last weekend. Cherry ago. was it last weekend. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, as a week ago. Holy cow. Not even. It was a week ago today. A week ago today. We went yeah. to the uh, Cherry Potter Wizards of Burlesque. Cherry Potter and the Half-Dressed Prince. Princess. Princess. Half-Dressed Princess. Now, there's some trans stuff happening. <laughs> I know. He's a boy. He's a girl. He's a girl. I don't care. I'm down with whatever he was. I mean, I'm a Snape fan, so whatever whatever sex Snape wants to take, I'll well, take it. Yeah, Snape was man, Snape was woman, Snape was uh, hermaphrodite, yeah. uh, and occasionally, uh, a, um, yeah, he he was all things to all people. I mean, I mean, Voldemort was Voldemort. I mean, Voldemort. Yeah, I mean. Voldemort's Ray finds, but also the Voldemort at the Cherry Potter and the Half Dressed Princess. I'm, I'll take either one. Either. <laughs> so, um, love the shows. Um, we Cherry we, Potter. We year need six to do just. We just need to do a a Faye Dodo Peep Show Menagerie podcast. <laughs> um. So coming up on February second, it's the Marvels, right? Is the Marvels of Burlesque, which is a we, great tie-in. We've seen them before. Yeah, we went and saw the Marvels of Burlesque last year. Was it last year or it was last two year. years ago? I think it was last year. We're pretty old. Time yeah. goes fast for old guys. <laughs> um, probably not going to make it to this year, but I really wish that uh, really wish that I could and. If there's anybody out in the Los Angeles area that is looking for uh, entertaining, uh, nerd-lesque, um, Mar- Marvels of Burlesque, uh, put on by Peep Show Menagerie at the Fedodo, uh, make it a point to go see it. Um, I agree. They, they they put on an honest effort every time. It's genuine. It's It really is. Maybe it's not Dita Von Teese level. But it is totally genuine. Everyone there loves it, and it translates to the audience. Yeah, you're you're going to see um, performers of all orientations, and they're going to be performing their heart out. Yeah, they love doing what they do, and it translates to the audience. So you're going to really appreciate it. 
And there's just not enough burlesque going on these days. I, I've I've always thought there's not enough burlesque. But in this generation of Me Too and He Looked at Me Funny, you you can appreciate a woman or a man or a trans being sexual and putting on a show without demeaning their humanity. Absolutely. Um, they're, it's about the the conversation between the performer and uh, the audience. And you're having a consensual conversation. The performer is saying, look at me. This is amazing. This is funny. And the audience is saying, oh, yeah. This is what I'm presenting to you. This is what I deem acceptable, and I hope you deem acceptable too, well, right? Or you probably wouldn't be there. Exactly. Now, I've, I've yet to see anybody storm out of uh, one of the shows. So in the beginning of, uh, of this the Desperate Mothers podcast, I railed against profiteering, profit-taking, people doing nerd bait. You know, I, I said it many times. Girls taking advantage of them being girls and half-heartedly dressing up in a way to, like, take money from boys, right? Nerds. Well, nerd boys. Nerd boys. Nerd boys who did not know what you were doing. But in the three years since we started the podcast, it seems like everything's come so far generationally. Because now... The cosplay by the girls and the guys, it's so sophisticated. You know, you don't do this to take advantage of people. I mean, it's so obvious if you don't care. I mean, if you buy a Ruby's costume and you're like showing off your boobs versus you doing Warbla and Wonderflex and making armor after a video game to be authentic. It's really so obvious that there's no... There's no fakers out there. They don't make a living off anybody because it's it's obvious. There's so much craftsmanship in, in the girls doing the cosplay, getting the Patreon support. Now, I, I know I've gushed about uh, my favorite cosplayer, Jenny, uh, Jenny D, before. But did you see the centaur costume that she did? I gotta she, say, did a, she did a walking I, centaur costume. I have been, I have become such a fanboy of so many cosplayers. I don't even know who your favorite is. <laughs> she did this cosplay of a walking centaur where she had this elaborate uh, mechanical system that as she walked along in the costume, the hindquarter of the centaur walked along in a gate with her. Yeah. And it was amazing. Um, so, Ginny D, uh, I love her because she does the uh, Harry Potter cosplay pinup stuff. Uh, she did the walking centaur. Uh, she does a uh, wolf girl from uh, Game of Thrones, uh, the face walker, the assassin. The, oh, the Arya. Arya Stark. Arya. Okay, so... I love her. Man, cause... if I could, if I could live to be called a face walker, I would walk across everybody's face. 
I walk across with my crotch. <laughs> it's like cross face waffle. Um, so they uh, they dropped a few stills from the production of uh, Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel is that with a uh, Brie Larson? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you you prepped that earlier. Okay, so we still need to play the okay so taser game. Do you own any tasers? Matt does. Matt has tasers? He has a taser. How many? Just one? Just one. He he bought it to tase himself. <laughs> well, we need more than one taser. You can't the taser would be the talking stick if it if you only had one. And the mm. person with the talking stick could say anything they wanted. And the people without the talking stick would be in fear of being tased. Okay, so Brie Larson is Captain America. You just said okay, so. Right, I got tased. Okay, <laughs> Brie Larson is Captain America. And then CJ just peed his pants because he got tased. <laughs> Now, Brie Larson, respected actress. She's no, Captain a- Marvel. I said Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel. So she's- what's the deal with Captain Marvel? Uh, Captain is Marvel. Is this Captain Captain Marvel the Kree yeah, yeah. warrior? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Kree are involved um, uh, something of the universe. Uh, uh, so, to... so that's the deal. So we're we're into we're about to go to Avengers three. Mm-hmm. We've for the Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity Wars. What are they we've... calling it? In that's exactly it, right? What are they calling it? They're not calling it Infinity Gauntlet. They're calling it unexpected. <laughs> important Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, actually, I think they might be calling it uh, Avengers um, Infinity War. Pretty sure that's what they're calling it. At least that's what uh, IMDb is saying. Which is funny because Infinity War didn't happen before Infinity Gauntlet. Infinity War happened after Infinity Gauntlet. Sure, we're, we're skipping a few things. We're skipping a lot of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you saw Civil Wars, they they skipped a lot and they made up a lot. And well, if you're a Marvel fan and you saw Captain America: Civil War and you saw Spider Man in that, right? Mm-hmm. They skipped the whole Venom thing. Sure. Well, I mean, actually, with Civil War, they skipped the whole Venom Carnage thing. And Secret Wars thing. Yeah, well, Civil War, they they left out thousands of pages of a graphic novel and came up with a contrived plot. You really skipped about 10 years of Marvel history. Sure. And I get that because Marvel Comics has to produce comics every month. Now, I'm going to get a little... Uh, comic bookie. Ooh, so nerd alert. So, if so we're going to chapter... One of the big events leading up to the Civil War 
was the incident where the wannabe superheroes have a reality show. Oh, and that's getting into the nitty gritty. Accidentally blow up a, a, a school, school full of children. Full children. Yeah. Um, that was one of the big events, and you know, I kind of wondered why they decided to completely change that. Instead, we ended up with people were upset because the Avengers dropped a city on people. Okay, so not to be too much of a dick, because I'm apparently a dick way too easily, (laughs) but I'm going to say Sandy Hook. You can obviously, in America, kill a school full of children and not outrage anybody. No one cares. Truth. So you think Marvel was skirting politics? Yes. Actual politics. I do. I do. Okay. Because why would you want to engage that? If if your audience is 50-50, children being killed is okay versus not being killed is okay, so you're not going to raise that question. Yeah. Donald, but, Tr- Donald Trump and Charlton Heston doesn't care if kill- children are killed. To me, that was such a a powerful moment. It was the, the pivotal book. moment in the Civil War story. But it's, it's what divided the nation. No, they predicted is what would divide the nation. But the reality was killing kids does not divide the nation. And mm. it never has. You go back to the bombing in the like 1920s, it never has. No, the Americans don't care if their children die. Well, I, I think there is a real division. And I think the, the honest answer is that uh, Marvel changed that pivotal scene. Because, because they don't they, want to engage that question at all. They, they really didn't want to um, divide their potential viewers. I mean, because historically comic books... <laughs> have such a limited amount of readers. Well, I mean, the comic books and the comic book movies are two different things, obviously. Um, you know, you, you have uh, a comic book that has a circulation of 100,000 people, and you have a movie that's going to be seen by millions. We can actually run the numbers if we want to, but that's boring as fuck. Yeah, well, I've, I've spent enough time on uh, boxofficemojo.com and stuff looking at openings and totals and worldwide distributions. Um, but you want to take the gun question out of it because you never want to engage real-world politics in... For, for a mainstream blockbuster. You don't. I mean... Maybe if I mean, you're Michael of independent movies, like Michael Moore and Bowling for Common, Columbine, and, and that kind of thing, because you're trying to get maybe three hundred thousand people that oppose a certain political point of view. You know, like the NRA funded movie uh, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. That's a joke, fuckers. <laughs> Get your hands off me, you damn dirty apes. I'm going to lead your political party. Uh, I love all you fuckers. I'm Studio Washington. 
I am Jack Fisher. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hop on.